Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. Welcome to this edition of World Weekly, which we devote to France. I'm Gideon Rachman. Local elections last weekend led to a severe drubbing for the Socialist Party led by President François Hollande. Mr Hollande responded by sacking his Prime Minister and appointing a new Prime Minister, Manuel Valls, a dynamic and controversial reformer. So does this signal a new direction for France? Joining me on the line from Paris is our bureau chief there, Hugh Carnegie, and in the studio here in London is Ben Hall, a former Paris correspondent for the FT. Hugh, before we get on to how Mr Valls is likely to go about his new job, let's just recap what happened in the local elections and how bad was it for the socialists? It was a very big defeat, as bad as the socialists had feared in their worst nightmares. They held on to Paris as a bit of a fig leaf, but that really only disguised what was a thumping across the rest of the country. They lost dozens of cities to the centre-right it was the biggest night for the centre-right on, in the local elections that pretty much anybody could remember. Towns that had been in the socialist hands for literally 100 years uh, shifted hands. And it left Mr Hollande looking really, if it was possible, even more enfeebled than he already was, remembering that his approval ratings are, are already rock bottom. So he was in a position where he, he really had to try to do something dramatic to seize back the initiative and show that he was still capable of moving his government forward. And the way he chose to do that was to, as you mentioned, fire his prime minister, appoint Manuel Valls, this uh, rather notable right-wing socialist, uh, and today uh, reshuffle his entire cabinet. Now, Ben, before we move on to Mr Valls, the other thing that everybody was looking out for on Sunday night was how would the far right do, the, the Front National led by Marine Le Pen, in the event, it wasn't quite as dramatic as people thought, or, or, or have they made gains? What's your reading of how they did? Well, they certainly made gains, and they uh, broke through into bits of the country where they hadn't been before. They spread out of their very few isolated sort of bastions in the industrial north and a, a few spots around the, the Mediterranean. And I think that was important. I think um, the other thing was that they managed to burnish their image as a sort of detoxified party, if you see what I mean. A lot of their candidates running around the country were former centre-right people. They were kind of credible public servants or businessmen or whatever. So they have put themselves, I would say, in a pretty good uh, position to make further inroads into sort of national politics. And the big opportunity for them, though, is really the European elections at the end of May when they still have a very strong chance of coming top, I would say. So, Hugh, that's the context in which uh, Monsieur Hollande now has to act. Not only has his party made big losses, but you get this sense that the far right is making advances. So why has he turned to Monsieur Valls, to Manuel Valls as his new prime minister? Principally because Valls has a reputation as being a, something of a man of action, He's got a background in communications, which is a skill that this government has been very badly lacking. Uh, and he's been, above all, very popular. He's been the single most popular minister and indeed the most popular French politician over the last couple of years since Mr. Hollande came to power. 
And that is a very attractive quality for a president who's languishing so low in the opinion polls. So Valls represents a new start. He also represents a change of, if you like, character for the socialists in that he is on the right of the party, as I've mentioned. He has been very much a kind of scourge of the traditional, what he calls the pompous left in France, saying they're far too ideological. They need to wake up in a kind of Blairite or Clintonite way to the fact that capitalism is here to stay and the market economy is the reality that you've got to live with these days and that the socialists really need to adapt to that. So there is a strong signal there in the appointment of Valls that Hollande seems to want to send, that he is conscious that he has to move the country in a reformist direction. He wants to reinforce the pro-business policy tilt that he announced in January with tax cuts for employers and an emphasis on more spending cuts. But having said that, this wouldn't be President Hollande without an on the one hand and on the other hand. And in his cabinet reshuffle, he has meanwhile promoted Arno Montebourg, for example, uh, who's probably the most obvious left-wing and very outspoken critic of austerity policies and an interventionist to take charge of the economy and industry. So in policy terms, it's still quite a confusing message from Hollande, albeit now he's got a government that is a little tighter and, as far as he's concerned, hopefully will be better run. So, Ben, what do you make of this change in direction? Is it as dramatic as, as some would hope? I was in Berlin recently and they were sort of rubbing their hands with glee and saying, well, at last, Hollande's seen the light. He's going to follow kind of Germanic-style austerity restructuring policies. This is just like Mitterrand after, in the early 80s, he went through a socialist phase and then uh, moved back towards economic reform. Is it that simple, do you think? Well, I think it's probably too early to say. Clearly, Manuel Valls will pursue that line with a lot more vigour than his predecessor. But the real question is, is can he take the rest of his government with him? And is Hollande himself prepared to go along with it and face down the left wingers in his party? And I think that is surely the big question that we will see play out in the in the months ahead. But I think certainly Valls is very determined to smash a few heads together and get things done. Hugh, so uh, what are the kind of symbolic issues that we should look at if we're trying to gauge how serious and how tough Vals is? I think the key thing is going to be the vote of confidence that Hollande has flagged for the end of this month in his new policy programme. Vals clearly needs to demonstrate that he can whip not just the government itself, but the support for the government in, uh, in the broader socialist parliamentary group behind Uh, Mr. Hollande and deliver this so-called responsibility pact in a way that is convincing and, as you've mentioned, is seen in places like Berlin and Brussels as a clear signal of intent to be quickly followed by action. That's going to be a pretty quick test for just how much difference Vals can make to to this government. And Ben, I mean, it does seem, as somebody who sort of followed French politics on and off for some years... Like we've seen this film before, you know, the the dynamic reformer comes to town, he says he's going to do all these things, and then it kind of all fizzles out. I mean, most notably with President Sarkozy, does recent French history lead one to that kind of cynicism, that it's just a very, very hard system to reform? 
Yes, I think if President François Hollande is prepared to go along and give Manuel Valls his full backing, then we may well see some really meaningful changes. I personally think that uh, Sarkozy just didn't quite have the self-discipline to pursue change. It's a sort of grubby, grinding business, and he just wanted uh, to claim the credit for big changes that never really amounted to everything. And he rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way and made a lot of self-imposed errors. But I think... There is potential for Vals to move things forward, and he has to, because, I mean, he's under huge constraints in terms of budget discipline enforced from Europe, and I think he would strongly argue that this is the one last chance for the socialists. And, Hugh, I mean, obviously the economics are front and centre, but there is this background of social issues, particularly tension around multiculturalism, immigration, and Vals has a bit of a record there as well, doesn't he? He does, because he's picked himself very much again certainly in socialist terms on the right in fact he's been accused of being a kind of mini Sarkozy during his time at the interior minister he's been very firm in enforcing the deportation of illegal Roma immigrants he's taken a tough stance on crime although it has to be said that recent crime figures haven't really shown that he had much effect there but he's at least adopted a position which is aimed partly incidentally at people that are thinking of voting for the national front it's a message that says look we understand uh, that there's a lot of disquiet amongst the electorate on these issues and we're willing to deal with them i mean he's he quite openly says he's an admirer of the old tony blair approach which is tough on crime and tough on the causes of crime and, and Ben, I mean, uh, what about the wider European context? It's quite striking, isn't it, that you have Valls coming to power in France and Matteo Renzi coming to power in Italy, also talking as an economic reformer, a populist, somebody who looks to Tony Blair, who, uh, you know, was just a few weeks ago regarded as deeply unfashionable. Yes, it does very much feel like return of the Blairites, doesn't it? Young, thrusting, ambitious men, good communicators, perhaps with a slightly authoritarian, aggressive streak, not willing to brook too much dissent, but very much feeling that they have the last chance to revive their countries or, or their parties. But I think the constraints are probably even bigger on these two men, again, in terms of what Europe is prepared to allow them to do. And perhaps most importantly about their own political room for manoeuvre. Tony Blair was elected on a landslide. We should remember that Renzi... And and against a favourable economic backdrop. And against a favourable economic backdrop. Renzi has not been elected at all, has never been elected as an MP. And uh, Manuel Valls got only 6% in the socialist primary for the head of the 2012 presidential election. These are men who may be popular, but they don't have formal democratic legitimacy, which must surely limit their room for manoeuvre. So, Hugh, let's uh, end by looking at that. A last word from Paris. We've talked about how it will seem to the political class, the kind of challenges Valls will feel that he faces. I know it's an amorphous thing, but what do you think the mood is like in France? Has the appointment of Valls created any interest in the public, a sense that France can shake off this famous morose mood which seems to have gripped it? The first opinion polls which were taken in the last couple of days suggest that it hasn't made that much impression. There was a a majority who essentially said they weren't particularly impressed by it. But as you say, there is this mood in France, which is almost palpable, of, of morosity, of, of disillusion, of a real sort of pessimism that things are, things are turning around. And that's a mountain for Mr. Hollande and Mr. Valls to overcome. I think it's, it's also worth mentioning, while we pay a lot of attention, quite rightly, to Manuel Valls, 
the role of prime minister in France is one which is limited, actually, in how much influence you can really have, because the chief executive is the president, and the prime minister is a kind of deputy chief executive. So really, it does come back to Hollande himself as to how much he is willing to really let Valls be his avant-garde in seriously pursuing a, a much more coherent policy. Okay, Hugh Carnegie in Paris, thank you very much indeed, and thanks also to Ben Hall here in London. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.